We want to talk to you about a law that got passed. It's called the fast food law. The government essentially determining how much the wages are going to be, that's unheard of outside of just the employees who work for the state. This is completely new territory. California, we have been losing some businesses. What does a law like this do for companies? More people will try to operate from out of state. I mean, we still have a great sales market here. We have great, pop, huge populations, lots of money around. I want to sell my products here, but I'm probably going to be more efficient if I'm doing my business outside the state. Does it create this fear in entrepreneurs that there might be other laws that would impact their industries? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we try to make our decisions based upon what we think the future is going to be. And if I believe that California is going to have a huge increase in cost, you know, in FTE, in cost per full-time employee, I'm going to operate from that environment. And that's difficult. My guest today is Hank Adler, Bureau Executive Professor of Accounting at Chapman University. Will we have some California-based wage inflation taking place, driving down profits, impacting business? It's a very, very big deal. Will the minimum wage for fast food restaurant employees increase? And will it have an adverse effect on small business owners in California? Watch this episode to find out. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Oh, it's great to be here. We want to talk to you about a law that got passed. It's called the fast food law. Can you explain to us what this is? Well, in short form, what's occurred is the state of California has determined through the legislature signed by the governor that there needs to be wage regulation, for lack of a better expression, on the fast food business. And the short form of what's, what's occurring here is there's going to be a 10-person council created essentially four from the fast food business franchisees and franchisors, four representing the, uh, the employees, and two appointed by the government, essentially by the governor. And they are charged with fixing compensation with some limitation on how much that fast food worker is going to make. And today, the, the lowest wage employee, the minimum wage in California is fifteen fifty, which uh, percentage of the, maybe a high percentage of the fast food workers are receiving. And the limit that they're allowed to put in effective 2023 would be $22 an hour. And most people believe that they will go right to that limit immediately. So we'd have an increase from $15.50 to $22. So what would be an impact of a law like this? Well, it's going to have, you know, you really have to break it into a lot of parts. Um, in the fast food industry, you're going to add, you just start to run the numbers, you know, with the cost of Social Security and the like, we'll call it an $8 increase. If I have 10 employees and I'm open 16, open 16 hours a day, it's going to cost me about $1,200 a day. So the costs on the franchisee side are going to increase dramatically. That should lead or will lead to some increases in the price of the fast food items but there's a big question there. Are people going to come buy those items if the, prices, you know, if the prices go up? That's the simple set. The big set is, what's it going to do to compensation for virtually every job in the state? 
You know, if I take the wage of our lowest income earners and I raise it by 40 some odd percent from 1550 to $22, how is that going to impact every other employee in the state? Will we have some California-based wage inflation taking place, driving down profits, impacting business? I mean, it, it's, it's a very, very big deal. How does it work that it will, could increase other people's compensation? Is it because the, the talent is competing? So people that are working in this fast food, they could be people that are working in a small, let's say, Mexican restaurant that's mom and pop. Sure. Think, think, about it, think about it this way. Think about that you have, and, and the bill only covers the a company that has over a certain number of locations. 100. 100, 100 locations. But, you know, you're a family that runs three fast food places. Like three McDonald's and, yeah. Well, no, let's, or, no, okay. three places nobody ever heard nobody of. Nobody ever heard of, okay. And... That the law is not really impacting you then directly. Oh, yes, it is. Okay. Because what's going to happen is, let's, and let's assume you're, you're a little special and you're, you're paying your people $17.50 an hour when everybody else is making $15.50 because you're a great employer. And now they come back to you and they say, you know, if I move to McDonald's, I can get $22 an hour. From their standpoint, from their family standpoint, they have no choice. They're going to they're gonna move to where they're going to make the best compensation for their family. Great choice. So now the little guy, he's going to have to compete with that $22 an hour. So the entire industry will move. Has to. So to protect yourself, you know, the... The small, the small operator is going to have all the issues of the big operator, but they may be working in locations where their profit margins are less. And what about other industries? Do you think it will have any impact on other industries? Well, sure. I mean, there are you know, hundreds of thousands of people working in the fast food industry. So if all of their wages go up, it's going to affect everybody. It's a, it's a, it's a real slippery slope. Um, I don't know... I don't believe we've ever had an industry where government has gone in and said, we're just picking this industry where the employees should make more money. But if I'm making $18 an hour in job A and I can make $20 at McDonald's and I'm not thinking about being president of either company, I'm going to move. So the impacts could be really dramatic and it could affect virtually every business in the state of California. Why do you think they uh, passed a law like this? I think it's social conscience. Um, you know, if, if things didn't have ramifications, it would be great if every individual in the fast food business made $22 an hour. So if you want to just work from the heart, terrific. So I, I, I don't think the legislature is trying to do a bad thing, but the impacts business-wise number of jobs in California is going to be very, very significant. You know, we're having trouble today. Business is having trouble getting people to work to begin with. So on their own, there's going to be, there would have been some wage inflation in California. This is going to impact it pretty dramatically. Why did they pick the fast food industry? Are these workers in a bad condition or what, what's going on? Well, I'm I don't think anybody can deny that the $15.50 is, is not a great salary. And, you know, we've moved very much in California to a union-based, you know, economy. 
they have had incredible problems trying to unionize these individual franchisees just because, you know, who knows who owns what? You know, I've got the franchisor McDonald's, and then I've got the franchisee who controls what's been very difficult for the state to deal with. So one of the things that's in the bill is it says that the franchisee has a choice of accepting a union or being subject to whatever comes out of the uh, of, of, of this 10-person council. So I think this was just a good way to either unionize the, uh, the workers or B, have them all controlled from a single spot. Again, social issue is $15.50 enough for these people to earn and to have a reasonable livelihood. And it's pretty hard, and at least in my opinion, it, it, it's pretty hard to criticize the person who is fighting to have the lower wage people make more money. But how much of it is, is unionizing? Because it seems like this unionizing, they did it to Uber and Lyft, they wanted to unionize the mm -hmm. workers. It seems like there's a lot of power and money in it for yes. some people. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the state of California, the legislature is very, very much pro-union. And that's a philosophy more than anything else. And here is an opportunity, hundreds of thousands of employees that are either going to be controlled by the union and pay dues, or they're going to be subject to this council and get, you know, in some ways, the best of all worlds, which is a union they don't have to pay dues for. Do you think these kind of laws would come to other industries as well? Because this is one of its own yeah. kind, right? That's a, that is a great question. Um, you say, okay, I. You know, I'm a legislature and, and I'm socially conscious and I've helped the fast food workers. The definition is, is, is relatively narrow, but not as narrow as you might think it should be. I want to move on and I want to do 7-Elevens because they probably make minimum wage or near minimum wage. And then I might move on to who knows. That's why this is so incredibly unusual is, you know, we've identified one large industry to raise wages. Why them? Why only them? So it seems like the, this union push for unionizing different industries, if this takes off and goes into more and more industries, do you think we're going to get to a point where only a small group of people are in charge? Because, as you mentioned, some of these unions are, a lot of times these unions are funding candidates and they have a lot of funding. Well, clearly, you know, money drives politics. And to the extent that the unions fund that for a specific candidate, yes, I mean, the unions are going to be more and more powerful. Um, you know, the, the one question was, is this more authoritarian? I'm not sure I can, I, I can classify those unions as, as authoritarian. I mean, because there are different unions and different leadership and, and that kind of a thing. But here, the government essentially determining how much, you know, probably in concert with the, with the unions, but the government determining how much the wages are going to be, that's unheard of outside of just the employees who work for the state. This is completely new territory. I mean, presumptively, the, the way it's written is there are 10 members of the board, as we talked about a minute ago, four and four, two appointees from the government. So essentially, the two I, I tease about this, but the two appointees from, from the government, they're going to put on their brown suits with their little red envelopes. We're going to pretend we're you know, North Korea, and they're going to determine the wages because it takes six votes. So presumably, governor 
to control, you know, how much the how much the wages are going to be. Now, what about the cost? So, if this is going to increase the cost, you think the cost of the fast foods will go up, right? You know, it, it has to. But if you if if you think about the dynamic of pricing, you know, and I might get too much in the weeds for you on this, but there's an elasticity of demand curve, meaning that the amount of demand is going to go down as as price goes up. So how much they can pass through to the customer, we're going to find out. Um, you know, when you're driving down, you know, the, the roadway and it's the middle of the afternoon and you see that sign that says McDonald's, you might not stop if they raise the cost of that Coca-Cola by 20%. So nobody really knows. I mean, obviously, they're, you know, they've done their analysis based on current demand, not on the cost of supply, to do their pricing. So now they're going to be forced to raise prices. Who's it really going to hurt first? It's going to hurt that little guy we just talked about. You know, somebody who's in a marketplace where there are less affluent people. Now you can move that sideways and you say, well, what's going to happen to that less affluent person who doesn't want to go to the fast food place and have a dinner for five that costs $65. So it's, it's the, the ramifications are, are, are pretty dramatic. They're going to impact pricing, they're going to impact costs, and they're going to impact the consumer. And you might see the consumer having more meals at home than going to McDonald's. So this board, besides the wages, so it's, it's a strange board to begin with. Like, it has never been done before in the past. Best of my knowledge, never been done any place. To actually, in this country, to actually. <laughs> in this country, is, is, is very well spoken. So what else can this board do? Well, let's talk about what they can't do and what they might be able to do. Because it's, it's, it's unclear. They can't add, it specifically says in the law, they can't add sick days, they can't add vacation. But what it says is that they can impact wages. If you go to the California law and you define wages, wages include things beyond what I just eliminated. They might include pension plans or the like. There's a lot of language in the bill that talks about violence in the workplace. And it would not be, at least in my opinion, having read, read, read the law carefully, it would not be impossible that the board would say, and you franchise, franchise E, you must put a security guard in your building to protect your employees. They clearly are going to have the right to make sure the temperature of the building is at a certain level. So they're going to have great power. Um, interestingly enough, um, based on the way the law is written, they're not expected to meet very often. <laughs> And, 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 and the fee, you get, a, you get a per day fee of $100 to be, on one, to be one of these 10 people. So they get $100 a day compensated? Yeah, less meeting, right? than the $22 per hour that we're probably going to have yeah. as the employment. So, you know, just focusing on the two employees of the government, they're obviously going to be government employees. And this is just going to be extracurricular work for which they give them 100 bucks every time they show up. Uh, what also is interesting is there's nothing in the law that tells us with, with any specificity how these people get appointed that aren't part of the government people. It just says 
two representatives of the franchisors, two representatives of the Four franchisees. Of the yeah. Okay, uh -huh. Two people to represent, I think, a union, two people to represent the employees. And there's no process as to how those people how are selected. How they're going to get picked. You know, and, 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 you know, in my mind, I would want, you know, somebody representing the little company that's not impacted in this directly. I would want the gentleman or the woman who owns three fast food places who's really going to get slaughtered when they have to raise the rate to, to $22. And I think there is no chance that that person shows up on that board. Now, a lot of these McDonald's own owners are individuals, right? These are small businesses, right? They're not really well, that Well, there are like some that are small businesses, I, I believe, and I could be wrong, and they're you know, completely different models in these different places. That my experience is that somebody will own four or five or six, that there's an efficiency in owning that many. And then, you know, you've got, you know, one of the giants of California is wholly owned by an individual. They're all owned by that, you know, the single individual. So they're going to be different, different goals and objectives. Um, and they start with different business models. You know, one business model in, in, in one franchise, franchisee may be, we're just going to pay the least amount of money that we can. We're going to accept the giant turnover in our personnel. And there's another that promotes from within, and people have been with them for 10 and 20 and 30 years. All different business models now controlled by these same 10 people. Now, California, we have been losing some businesses. Businesses have been moving out of here. What does a law like this do for, for companies? Does, does, it, does it send a message to? Well, I think it does a couple things. Um, one, if I'm going to expand my business and I'm concerned, because this will all get down to uncertainty, you know, if I am uncertain, I am not going to act or I'm going to get out of California if I'm uncertain about California. If I'm going to expand my business and that expansion is going to involve, you know, people who today are making 15 to 30 or $40 an hour, and I'm afraid that that may go up 10, 20, 30, 40% over some period of time, I'm going to do that expansion elsewhere. And I'm not going to think about opening a new business in California. I'm going to look, I'm to make the same, the, the decisions that I'm making are always the same. What's it going to cost me to make it? What's it going to cost me to market it? What's it going to cost me to, trans, you know, to transport all the materials into the state of California? So my view is more people will try to operate from out of state. I mean, we still have a great sales market here. We have great pop, huge population. There's lots of money around. I want to sell my products here, but I'm probably going to be more efficient if I'm doing my business outside the state. When a law like this passes, it, it's a strange kind of a law, right? It's a strange, it's one Very of its new. kind. Very new. Uh, does it create this fear in entrepreneurs that there might be other laws that would impact their industries and kind of? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we try to make our decisions based upon what we think the future is going to be. And if I believe that California is going to have a huge increase in cost, you know, in FTE and cost per full-time employee, I'm going to operate from that environment. And that's difficult. Now, the service businesses, I can't perform a service, you know, some services 
from Phoenix, even with the great internet and Zoom and all that stuff. If I'm going to be a lawyer or an accountant, I'm going to have to be where my clients are. But to the extent I'm a manufacturer, I can be any place. Do you think that we've been passing more and more of these kind of laws that we've been covering on the show. Do you think California is headed to a point where there won't be a lot of trust between the business community and the government? Oh, I think we're there now. I think we're there now. There have been articles written about San Francisco in particular where the businesses are saying, look, we pay enormous taxes. We have huge crime issues. We can't operate our businesses. And we're closing up. Well, that's, that's a definition of a trust issue if I'm afraid to walk to my business or go home late at night. So trust is a, tr trust is a huge issue. Now, is there a way for the business community or, or, or the leaders to fix this? Is there a way for us to go back? Well, I think, you know, business is trying to work in a difficult environment. Um, if we go to CVS today, everything is locked up. So they're trying to reduce the amount of pillage that's taking place by locking up all the small items. We can do a lot of defensive stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, if shoplifting is not going to be penalized, some percentage of people are going to shoplift. That's the role of government. Clearly, singularly, the role of government to have laws that make society work. Now, do you think at some point, Californians, the rest of Californians that are not in business, not in part of the business community, could, is there, would there be an impact on them if the business community leaves or not, is not thriving or not doing well here, not investing here? Is it gonna impact the rest of Californians? Oh, the impact, the impact is, is dramatic. At some point, if I can't get a job, or I'm worried about my kids going to school, or I'm worried about walking the streets of San Francisco, I'm leaving. That's just, you know, and, and it's no different for you or for me or for a low wage worker. If I'm not safe, I'm going to leave. Now, at some point, and I have no idea where that is, we'll start to elect people to try to fix it. But we're certainly not at that point yet. Do you think the leaders that we have right now um, might be hurting the people they're trying to help by passing these kind of laws? Is that Oh, abs absolutely. I, the, the other piece we didn't talk about earlier is automation. You know, I was in a, a, a Taco Bell a couple of weeks ago, and they have a, they have a setup where I can order by punching a bunch of buttons on, on the setup where I can wait for the employee. And it was clear to me that I was being trained to use the automated facility. So now they're robots all kinds of work, whether, you know, it, you know, at a difference of cost of seven or eight dollars an hour, I could spend a lot of money on automation. So yes, some people will be literally out of a job as a result of getting a raise. Sounds odd, but it's, it, it, it's, it's, A is going to follow B. You know, the, the entrepreneur, the, the franchisee, is trying to deliver service to the community and make money at it. So if I can go from 10 to seven employees by putting in what I just described, some kind of ordering thing, which is clearly what the big guys are doing now anyway, I'm just gonna do more of it. I'm gonna have more of an incentive to mechanize my business. 
maybe I'm going to do more cooking off-site. I'm not a guru in how these places work today in 2022. But yes, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's likely that automation will replace some of these jobs. Do you have any recommendations for the state leaders? Well, I'd like to see them back off. Um, I, th- I think one of, the, one of the things that happens in, in, and maybe it's every state in the country, but, but clearly California today, is the legislature tends to be insular. And all of a sudden, something like this California fast food will, will show up and it will move way too quickly. And we need a process where it's, it's, it's where, how do I say this? We, we need a process where there's input from people who really aren't terribly interested in the politics. You know, a process where you can say, geez, you know, here is where this idea is going to be a problem. But maybe we could do this. I mean, from my standpoint, just looking at this new law, I would have preferred to just see the state say, okay, we're going to take 1550 and we're going to raise minimum wage, as opposed to isolate on this single business. Because at least that's easier to deal with. I'm going to have less uncertainty about how it's going to impact. You know, one of the things we haven't talked about is in California, if you're a non, if, if, if you're a non-exempt employee, which means basically you're wage-based, you, your minimum wage is two times, your individual minimum wage is two times what the minimum wage is. So if you're salaried and, and non-exempt, you have to be double the exactly. So minimum wage. Taking a step back, I'm going to take the wage from 15 and a half to $22 at McDonald's. I don't think that meets the test of minimum wage under the state of California, but that supervisor is going to expect more money just in this industry. Well, I don't think it stays just in this industry. There's some news out there that the Restaurants Association is going to fight this with the ballot initiative. What are your thoughts on this? I think it'll be fascinating. Um, we have turned, we have, industry has been successful a couple times within the last decade, turning back ideas of the legislature, you know, both with independent contractors and there's a second one. And they have until December, I'm going to pick a date, December 23rd to get several hundred thousand signatures to overturn this. I think this one's probably really, really difficult because for the average person on the street, can we give raises to people who make $15.50 an hour? Not my money. Why wouldn't I vote to help these people? I think this one's more difficult than what we've seen before. But they'll spend a fortune to try and undo this. And their their argument is going to be, why is government in control? Is that going to be a good argument to the average voter? What about the cost going up of the food? Does that really matter? You know, it's the average, they'll they'll do focus groups everywhere. And they'll try and find the single issue that makes sense to them. You know, let's let's compare this to the advertising we're seeing on 26 and 27, which really doesn't get to the real issues. So there have obviously been focus groups that have said, 
On 26, let's talk about underage gambling. And on 27, let's talk about the profitability. So now we're going to have, and I think they'll get the signatures, whatever it costs, they're going to do focus groups and they're going to try to find the particular issues that they think people would be interested in. And it may be cost. The interesting part of this one is SEIU, et cetera, they're going to put up the money on the other side. And they're going to tell you you're a bad person if you don't want these wages to go up. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience? Not really. I'd like, you know, I, I, again, I, w I would like to see the process of putting laws in place expanded so that there are real hearings as opposed to people phoning in and saying, yeah, I think this is a great idea. This stinks. I'd like to see intellectual discussions on all of these issues. And they're not all going to turn out the way Hank Adler thinks they should turn out. But at least the legislators, if, the legislators, if they come to the meetings, are going to get more than one side. So right now, the way it looks from what you're mentioning, it looks like it's a more of an emotional, political... Oh, I, th I, th I think the ideas are coming from third parties. I mean, there's some, there, there are obviously some very bright people in the legislature. But, you know, if somebody votes the same way, you know, whether it's Democrat or Republican on every issue, now they're probably not doing their job. Hank Adler, Borough Executive Professor of Accounting. It was great to have you on California Insider. Thanks for inviting me. It's always fun.